We definitely have to talk about that. Welcome to the TFW Podcast, episode 20 of That's Freaking Wrestling. I am your host, Matt. Rhodesia and Ishan are with me as always. What is the good word, folks? What's going on, Pat? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anything new and hot in y'all guys' world since we last talked? say it'll come up later on in the show oh look at that that's like a cliffhanger as they say in the, in the movie business in the tv business okay who about Man, you look Sean? anybody that knows me knows how much i love me some pc modding and this wwe 2k 23 is shaping up to be a hell of a game i am so excited for this game hey shout out to my homeboy um grits Hey, I'm sorry, homeboy. I, I don't know how to pronounce your name. I never did. I've known this guy for like five years. He said, I never did. <laughs> I never know how to pronounce his name. It's G-R-I-X. He's the modding king right now. He has some great news. It looks like we're going to have a very moddable game this year. So I can add myself and others into this game. It's going to be a good one, y'all. Okay. Hit us up if you guys are gamers as well. I know Ishan uh, is way more of a gamer than i am when it comes to 2k i am also a gamer but i'm looking forward to it but if you guys are uh fans of the 2k series hit us up follow us on twitter at that's fnw of course or you also can leave a message and a five-star review on the podcast what i want to start with first non-wrestling related beyonce the female goats and i say the female goat because michael jackson is the goat uh in music but beyonce has released tickets this week on uh, Ticketmaster. I think they're doing like a stagger release. I think they learned from the Taylor Swift debacle that don't put all the tickets on sale at one time. You can crash Ticketmaster. But someone just put up their like transaction receipt from Ticketmaster on Twitter right, be- right before we went live. Now, it's funny because people complain about the price of dairy. They couldn't afford eggs. But now we can afford Beyonce tickets, which hey, I, I can understand that because I'm all about That's spending money on entertainment. I'm all about spending money on entertainment. So these tickets, and this is not, this is the price. It is Honey on the Stage. I guess that's like a section of where this show is at. VIP, roll C, seat five. After taxes and fees, $4,318.30. Oh, hey, real quick, though, how, how much how much of fees from Ticketmaster is in that included in that $4,000? Not even that much. Hey, the serv- <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy? Listen to this. The service <laughs> fee on that yeah. is $556. See, that's the bull crap. The bull crap. $4,318.30. That is insanity. What is the most that you guys can remember you've paid for either like a sporting event or like a concert, anything like live? What's the most for a ticket you, you guys have spent? I think 350 is probably my max, my own personal max. 
Ishan. Okay, $350. <laughs> I got to keep it real. I think when I went to Mania one day, I spent close to $500 on the seat. And I thought that was a bit much. So you're talking about, is that two grand? Was that was that four grand for one seat or two grand? Uh, that's one seat, sir. Woo! That is <laughs> one seat. And I looked at that. I'm like, maybe this is like, maybe he's taking the whole fam. To go see Beyonce. <laughs> no, that's one seat. Shout out to Beyonce and shout out to that fan. I'm sure they're going to have a, a great time. But yeah, I can't spend that much. I think the most I've ever spent was either... It was either a mania um, or it could have been Eastern Conference playoffs back in the day for the Pistons. Oh. And we had like um, right at midcourt, like row four. And I think those were... I think 750-ish, right? Yeah, somewhere around there, like 750 a piece. So right around that is probably the highest I've been. But, man, $4,000, that is insane. But shout out ain't to no, them. Hey, ain't no recession, right? Man, that was, not, not, not for Queen B, it's not. Not no, for Queen no, B, it's not. But, you know, you know, it's funny, too, though. Like, somebody like Beyonce, I always talk about how, like, if you hate on Beyonce, there's certain people, I think, just in life, if you hate on, like, you're the problem, they're not the issue. <laughs> Beyonce right. is one of those for me. Yeah. Uh, LeBron James is one of those for me. And, of course, shout out LeBron for now being the number one scorer in NBA history. He surpassed that on Tuesday. So that was fantastic to see. Uh, he's one in the wrestling world. Roman Reigns, hey, I get it if you are over the title reign. But, like, if you don't know and think he's, like, the number one star in all of wrestling, it's you. You have the issue. But um, it's funny because you look at that and just say, man, like, that's, that's huge. That, that is a lot of money. For you two, who would be dead or alive? So it can be somebody who's alive. What's the most you would pay for to see in concert, and who is it? Well, how much time do I have to save, for starters? <laughs> you, you know three months in advance. The most I'll probably spend is two grand to see MJ. And if MJ was actually still alive, actually, there probably isn't a max, actually. I'll probably just have to figure it out. Get an okay. OnlyFans page, right? And show my feet. Yeah, I mean, I've been telling you, the feet thing is hot <laughs> out here. I can, I can take the pictures, I promise. <laughs> Ishan? You know, this is a bad topic for me because I'm a very introverted person. Like, I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't like concerts. It's too many peoples. So I ain't really? going to spend no two grand, no four grand just to be around a whole bunch of people like that, to be honest with you, man. That's a little too much. You've never me. been, you've been to a concert though. Like you've been to concerts, plural, right? Hey, I remember the last concert I went to, I think I was like seven. Oh, no to, way. Yeah. And I think it was like Bell Biff DeVoe. BBD. Was it BBD in, in Jodeci? Do you remember? Oh, actually it was BBD and I think Hammer. Shout wow. out. Shout out, man. That's what I'm talking about. And that was a hell of a show, too. Do you even remember it? I don't. I, you know, I do remember being mad at my brother because I, I waited all night to see Bell Biff DeVoe. And as soon as they hit the stage, he, he's like, <laughs> yo, we got to go. Yeah. I'm like, son of a... Like, hey, my, hey, Marlon, I love you, man, but you was an asshole, bro. Marlon, you were a heel. Come on, man. You got to be better than that. He can make it up to you for Beyonce tickets. So hit him up and see how much he's willing to... To spend for Beyonce when they come, <laughs> when they come, yeah, me it's Mike, of course, and there is probably no price. Well, I mean, it changes now because we know he's he's gone, he's dead. But I, I remember he, when he had that concert in New York, I had a chance to get tickets, and I think those were 
1100 I want to say. And they were like fantastic tickets. And I was like, mm, man, I don't know. Of course, I wish I would have gotten those tickets now. But yeah, there's probably not a price. I can mortgage, I'll mortgage the house to go see, to be able to be at a Michael Jackson concert. Anywhere in the building. It. I wouldn't care. Yep. I would not see, care. But that's where, why those Beyonce sitting. fans, the Beehive, they'll pay that money. Just like and how then we I feel can, about MJ. And then I can start the OnlyFans. You can, you know what I mean? We can get this thing going. Get this thing going. All right, let's let's get to it. Let's talk some freaking wrestling. Let's start off uh, on a a very good note. It started out uh, pretty rough, and then it looks like hopefully he's going to make a full recovery. Jerry the King Lawler had a they called it a major or massive stroke. I think on Monday, when his neighbors found him face down outside, and uh, yeah, he had paralysis. He couldn't speak. Uh, they did surgery because they said he had a, a blockage in his brain. But according to the Twitter, and he had, I think it may have been his wife, tweeted from his account today saying that he is out the hospital and they think he's going to make a full recovery. So, man, like that is, Amen. Lawler is the master of the false finish, <laughs> right? He probably should have been out of here on that Raw yeah. show when yeah. he took those 32 elbow drops, kicked out. Kicked out here again. So it is something about him and Flair, old school wrestlers that can kick at two and a half. So shout out to them. And hopefully well wishes that he will be good to go. But uh, I am happy to be able to kind of talk about that. Thought, I thought it may have been the other way, unfortunately, when we first saw that on Monday. Some other fantastic news. And what up, though, to all of our Detroit fam that tunes into the TFW podcast. SummerSlam is back in Detroit for the first time since 1993, when it was at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Yokozuna and Lex Luger was on top for that show. That was when we had the DQ finish. Uh, and this is also the first wrestling show at Ford Field since WrestleMania 23 in 2007. That was Cena and Shawn Michaels on top. So this is fantastic news. It was super cool just to see everybody on Twitter earlier this week talking about them going to Detroit. A lot of them have never been in Detroit or they hadn't been in Detroit in a long, long time. And just to kind of see that excitement around, hey, we're going to be uh, in Detroit for SummerSlam is really, really cool. Of course, we will be in Detroit. You guys know that is our, all three of us, our hometown. We don't live there now, but it is always home. We will be there. I am ex super, super ecstatic to be able to kind of spend the whole weekend. I'm sure we're going to get the, you know, the big thing with um, SmackDown on Friday, you know, get SummerSlam on Saturday and hopefully Maybe they stay in town for Raw on that Monday and they don't, you know, either hit Ohio or maybe even Chicago. Who knows what their travel is going to look like. But how excited are you guys for SummerSlam in the D this year? Man, I'm so excited. So, so excited. When you first sent that to me that it was announced, I think you even told me a few months ago that it was rumored. And so, mm -hmm. of course, then I was super excited. Maybe not as much this this week um, when you finally sent me that tweet. But, man, so cool because, again, Detroit is such a huge wrestling town. And so we we should have those big, big main events. So I'm really happy and really excited about that. Yeah. If, if my excitement level can be on level one to 10, I'll be on a 30. Because um, nice. number one, I get to go home. So anytime I get to go home, that's always a plus for me, right? Mm -hmm. Shouts out to my homeboys, Donnell, Chris, Fonz. Your boy be seeing you in August. And I get to see some uh, some good old wrestling too. SummerSlam, this is going to be huge, man. Look, I'm 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 really excited. I think I'm trying to get my dad to come this year because he's he watched uh, the Rumble 
and he doesn't watch wrestling. Right? Like I've never seen him watch wrestling. So shout out to my dad. He listens to the podcast. He watches YouTube videos. He actually watched Royal Rumble and enjoyed it the other day. Uh, so That's maybe sweet. I can get him to come SummerSlam with us. So I'm looking for a, a huge event. That is awesome. Yep. So we, we had that in August, which is cool. And tickets go on sale in April, I believe, for that one. So that is August. We are in February. We didn't do anything last week, but we got three weeks left in February, which is Black History Month. So let's go ahead and kind of get into it and celebrate Black History Month in a TFW style. Ishan, we'll start with you and we'll kind of, Rhodesia, you know, you or I can go next week and then whoever on the last week of the month. We were kind of talking earlier and just thinking about, you know, there's been a lot of Black History awesome moments in wrestling. Ishan, of course, you've been watching. I think, you know, we talked about it before. You're pretty much a lifelong fan. So you've seen a lot of them, you know, around this generation. What comes to mind when you kind of think about, you know, black history or, you know, black wrestlers and things that really stick out in your mind surrounding some of the success that some of our black wrestlers have had? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I felt like we definitely need to talk about this on the podcast. And one of the biggest moments that came, that came to my mind was Ron Simmons winning the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Um, this was August 2nd, 1992. <clears throat> and to be honest with you, I was really young when this happened. And I didn't really understand the magnitude of how important this was. I just remember sure. seeing this black man winning the championship, everyone rushing down to the ring to lift him into the air like everybody came out. It was Dusty, I think Luger, Sting, and everybody was just super excited. The crowd was going crazy. And for me, I don't think in that moment I understood how big and how huge that was that this was like the first black champion in a national history, I believe, um, maybe number one and number two. Um, and thinking about it now as an older man, like, that empowered me in that moment. I didn't really understand in the moment because as a child, you know, we think the sky's the limit, right? We don't, we feel like we can do whatever. And as you get older, we start thinking we have a ceiling and we have a cap, right? But in that moment, I knew my sky, my, my ceiling was no limit. I had no cap because I can ascend and win and do anything I wanted to do. I can get to the highest mountaintop and it didn't matter what I look like. It didn't matter what I sound like. I can achieve it if I believed it and to see, to think about him now as an older person and like, yo, this dude was the first champion and how he empowered me in that moment to reach and go after my dreams. Um, it was a real moment and, uh, it was definitely a great black history moment that I want to celebrate in February. That's a, that's a great one. I don't, I, I wasn't watching WCW back then. Shame I was me. a huge WWF guy. Um, I don't think I saw that in real time. Of course, I've, I've seen clips over the decades, but I don't think, I mean, at that time, who was on top in WCW? Was it Flair and Sting? Yeah. For the most part? Um, yeah, it was Flair and Sting. Uh, I'm, I don't know if Flair was there. I know around this time period, we had kind of a falling out match. He might went to WWF at the time. But, yeah, Dusty was still there. I think he still was booking. Uh, Luger definitely was ascending. Sting was there. Um, those are like the big shots I remember. I remember the horsemen still were, yeah, Florida would have had to been there. Um, okay. but I, Oh, I remember, um, Vader was coming up around that time period too. I'm, I'm, I can't remember who he actually defeated. I, I know that I think Vader beat him for the title. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, a WCW in the nineties. 
was great, great wrestling. I, I would say it's probably the equivalent to kind of, you know, AEW. You know, it was it was work mm-hmm. it was workman it was a work life promotion, right? It was, it was it was the best wrestlers worked there. Well, I remember the first time I turned to it, it was Channel Seven back in the day. It was on Saturday afternoon. Superstars used to come on like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. back uh, back in the day on Saturdays, and then I found it just flipping through the channels. And it was in the afternoon. It was like one o'clock or two o'clock, and it was Cactus Jack and I want to say Vader, and they were fighting through the crowd. And I thought it was real. Like even back then, of course, I knew there was some type of workmanship with wrestling. I didn't know, you know, nobody knew the inner workings like we do now. But it was something that when I was watching, I was like, man, this is like real wrestling. It's the same feeling I had when I watched ECW, and I found it at three o'clock in the morning on TV, a Saturday night, random Saturday night. And I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this is like the real wrestling. And that was what I called it when I first saw it. I was like, oh, that's the real wrestling, just because of like how intense it was. But shout out to uh, Ron Simmons. Shout out to that moment. That That is really, really cool. So like I said, we'll give ours in a, a couple weeks. But Rudy, is there anything that you want to speak on surrounding this topic before we move on to just uh, how we do not deserve Paul Heyman and his genius we can move on to Paul in just a second. Um, when you mentioned about when you first started watching WCW. So get this. The first time I watched WCW was when Shane was on the screen saying that he bought WCW. <laughs> that was my first Ooh, time. <laughs> wow. And that wasn't even real WCW. <laughs> that wasn't even real WCW. Just like ECW. I didn't actually get into it to after WWE or F at that time bought ECW. Mm-hmm. So I never even had the opportunity to, to watch ECW then i also didn't have cable back in the day either so well hey, but you know what Brody? yeah you you can no, okay, i don't blame you for uh ecw that was so hard to catch back in the back in the day like matt said you had to it was on at random times of the day like especially when it was hot it was hard to find it got on mm-hmm. tnt at some point but it, it kind of wasn't the hot ecw that people talk about at that point well that and then too it, it kind of speaks to just i think how still under the radar AEW is right now. I mean, think about that. You know, you have a wrestling podcast now, of course, in your adulthood, but you're somebody that only knew about WWF back in the day. You didn't know sure, about yeah. WCW. You didn't watch ECW. I think that's a lot of kind of what we're seeing with AEW still. Even four years in, I think there are a ton of wrestling fans that have no idea that there is an alternative out there called AEW that's on, like, TNT and TBS weekly. So that's really interesting. But yeah, let's get to WWE and just the genius of Paul Heyman. We talked about it last week. We I put a poll out on Twitter and said, hey, do you think you're going to be as emotionally invested in Cody <laughs> and Roman come WrestleMania time as you are right now in this moment in Sammy and Roman? And it was about 53% yes, 47% no. So yes was still there. I am sure if we were to rerun that poll after Raw, it would probably be about 90% yes, 10% no, maybe. That was wow. With one promo, they sold the WrestleMania main event. I mean, think about that. Granted, we got eight weeks left. I even said that, like, midway through that promo, I'm like, damn, they may be going a little too good too soon. We've seen that sometimes, too, where Mm -hmm. it hits really hard, and then all of a sudden, like, it sputters after that. I don't think that's Mm going to happen here. Word is, the only reason for that segment was because they knew how hot Roman and Sammy was, and they wanted to make sure that that feud and that program didn't overshadow 
the WrestleMania main event. That's so I'm, my assumption is, of course, Heyman and Cody came up with that brilliant promo. That was another one of those, just like the uh, the, the 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 judge of Sami Zayn a few weeks ago, where you're watching and you lose track of time. I don't even know how long that segment was. I don't either. And it, yeah, and it, I don't, and I don't care. And I don't think anybody in the crowd cared either. You could hear a pin drop in that in that arena, and that was just yeah. man, like that was fantastic to see Paul cry. Right. I mean, right, and and, and, and talk like, about I man, you got me there. Wow, yeah. yeah, you got me yeah. there. And then just to heal Cody <laughs> at the end. You yep. dirty some of a bitch, man. Mm. You dirty some of a bitch. And what, that sold it, right? That completely sold it. That made Cody look like an even bigger star than he already is at the end of it. And that's what those segments should do. It should put the heat on whatever program we got. Everybody should look better coming out of it. And boy, oh boy, do they create magic in that ring. Now, I'm even more interested to see the first interaction with Roman and Cody. And do we just stick to this whole... He wanted me more than he wanted you and tell that story. Or do we kind of pivot to something else? What was your guys' thoughts on just what we saw Monday night on in that segment? Again, a masterpiece. I was hanging on to every single word of, well, I always hang on to every single word of Paul Heyman, um, but also with Cody. And of course, Cody's not my favorite. We know on this show, Ishan is the biggest Cody fan, um, but man, did that, that bring me in. And so, you know, wanting to see this match at WrestleMania, still don't want him to win the championship, but it got me so, so excited. And then on every single word of Paulie, when he was like, Oh, you got me there. And just the, the me feeling it like this is a little sneasel or weasel snake. And like you said, he healed him at the end perfection absolutely perfection i don't know like you mentioned you know maybe too hot too soon i don't know how i don't know how they can follow this to be honest with you it was it was beautiful and it just tells that story again for cody that you know they were poor you know they but this is what they did and there's honor among your word and things like that and this brotherhood of wrestling just all of it all the emotions um i'm gonna let ishan talk now but it, it was just so full of emotions that you felt it on both sides masterpiece You want me just to skip past you, sir, so you can just sit there and smile at the camera? This is also an audio podcast. Everybody is not watching the YouTube. Hey, we are on YouTube. Guys, if you haven't checked us out last week, the full episodes are now on YouTube each and every week. So my assumption is Ishan doesn't want to speak. He wants you guys just to see his face. Hey, nice way of getting people over to YouTube. But he got the Kool-Aid smile. I'll tell you that yeah, right that's now. At, that's at that's freaking you wrestling. Know. What I'm doing right now, guys, I'm, I'm breathing all this in. I'm taking everything in here. Cody, we did it. We took another <laughs> Cody hater. Never was a hater. And turned him to another. No, 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 no. Not, not I was going to say, that's a lie. I think, I think Rodriguez has met Cody more than no. you have. You can't <laughs> say Rodriguez is a Cody <laughs> what, hater. What, what, what I say, I say another. I say haters. I'm talking about <laughs> M-A-T-T. Because you've been saying for weeks it couldn't be done. They did it. No, I never said that. And I still want Cody losing in Mania. I still would be inside a SoFi Stadium screaming and hollering from the rooftops. Well, we have good seats, so it won't be the rooftops. But screaming and hollering at that ring for Roman Reigns, my tribal chief, to defeat Cody Rhodes and have him go on the journey that I want to see 
And don't let him win. Do not let Roman win that. We're going to do a somehow. I'm going to make sure we do a post pod that night. Wait, wait, correction. Just so correction. we can see. You said don't let Roman win. You mean don't let Cody win? No, I'm saying don't let Roman win. You won't hear it, the end of it from me. Oh, I may oh, just stop oh, watching it. wrestling. I may not even watch wrestling. I may quit the podcast. Drop the I mic. may stop. I, I, yeah, I may just be done with it. You guys got to carry on the, the torch. If that man beats Cody clean in the middle, oh, my God. Are you kidding me right now? I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Hey, there, there's, a, there's a mantra that Cody and I use. It's called we got to do the work. So yeah, it should be saying like we got a little more work to do. You know, Matt still ain't a full believer. You know, he done saw one of the greatest – Masterpieces and promos in, 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 in history on Raw. And he still ain't quite there, though. But we, we, we winning them over. And this is what I needed. This is what I wanted. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> you know, like, look, there's too much story. There's too much character in this thing. Like, Cody's a star. Mm-hmm. He's there's a star, no doubt about that. Right? There's no doubt. He's, yeah, he's buddy. a star. And we talked about it. Well, we talked about our traits of who we thought was like a, a prototypical superstar. And one of them was the it factor. And Cody mm-hmm. has it when he's on that camera, he's in that ring. He oozes the it factor. He, and he sounds so genuine. He has a story that's really compelling. Right. And I hope that he can, you know, win his dream because that's, I talked about earlier, you know, being a kid at home and seeing Ron Simmons, let me know that I had no ceiling and I can achieve my dreams. So who am I to sit here and root against another man trying to strive for his dreams, right? Trying to get to that mountaintop, trying to realize what he always wanted was to be world champion. How can I sit here and not appreciate that journey? Cause I'm still on that journey. I'm still not where I want to be in life, but look, I, I, there's no ceiling. And I look up, I see no cap. Cody, we see no cap. Preacher E <laughs> and we gonna, going there We right going to realize at WrestleMania that that ceiling is non-existence, and we are going to win that championship for our daddies, for Dusty, for Elvin. We are going to do this, and we are going to put Matt to shame. I want on this podcast, we're going to do an emergency podcast. I don't care if it's like they're going to be actually in the building. I want him to do it in the parking lot. <laughs> I want him to tell the world that Cody, Ishan, I was wrong. You was right. Thank you for providing me. I want this to be his TFW moment of the year. Of the of year. Life, of life. Of life. Oh, my God, Rhodesia. Talk to me not. <laughs> I can't wait. This is a great moment. It's a great show. Let's keep going. We, uh, I mean, Cody did in racism when he was in AEW. I was going to say he did. Promos. No so doubt. It is Black History Month. No man. doubt. Shout out to Cody shout for that. Shout out to Cody. So, hey, so say you cannot pick Heyman. Right, you cannot pick Heyman at all. In the question I'm about to ask you, you have to pick. It could be a wrestler or it could be a wrestling personality. You have to pick one person to sell a match for you. Who are you picking? It could be past or present. And this is either company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in wrestling in general, can't pick Heyman because we know that he can sell water to a well. But you got to pick somebody from the wrestling world to sell a match. Who are you taking? This may not be the best person, but it was the first person that came to mind. So to me, it has to be, I guess. She was so, I would say, underutilized, but that's not true. Um, I think maybe underappreciated. But Zelina Vega, I think, especially in the NXT run when she had Andrade with her, my goodness, I loved hmm. her being a manager. So I'm going to say Zelina because that's, that's the first thing that popped in my head. I'm quite sure that's there's other one. ones okay. out there, but I like Zelina. 
Yeah, that's a good thought because uh, Selena definitely is an underrated talker. Um, mm-hmm. She really, really sold a lot of matches for Andrade. They were such a great pair, man. Uh, they ground broke up prematurely. Um, but that's a, that's a good pick. And that's a good question, Matt. Um, gosh, I want to say Stone Cold or Rock. Hmm. Um, if, I, if we're going any time period yeah. in, in the past. Yeah. Um, maybe even Stone Cold because he spoke with such conviction. You know, then he just sold you into a pay-per-view. And this is back in the day, of course, like AEW, you know, you have to pay $50 to see a pay-per-view. This is back in the right. day where pay-per-views are like 60 bucks or whatever he was, he was paying back in yep. the day. And like you wanted to go see those pay-per-views. You wanted to spend your money to see him overcome or beat whoever he's going to beat. Um, so I might say um, Stone Cold and, of course, maybe a good runner-up might be Sean Seneca. He can do that as well. Yeah, Cena was my number one, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, me putting more caveats on the question. If it was, hey, you got a go-home pay-per-view, this is the final week, who would it be? It probably would be Austin for me. He he had those down, pat, and, and selling out with that. But yeah, for me, it's Cena. Cena, we, we kind of forget just a little bit, because as we always do, if you're off, off our TV, kind of out of our mind. But he was the top guy for like 10-plus years. It was like on him to sell all these shows. Yeah. So. Yep. So then, um, lastly, around like the Cody and Roman and all that kind of stuff for now, Elimination Chamber is next Saturday. So we only got a week, which I think is going to really, yeah, I think that's really going to help WWE because it was a quick turnaround. Do you think there's anything, do you think they're even going to try? So we have SmackDown, of course, tomorrow or today, if you listen to it on Friday, and then we have to go home next week. Do you think there's anything WWE can do to make it feel like Sammy has a shot of beating Roman in Canada? I think it just being in Canada, I think that alone, with all that energy there and KO and being in his hometown as well, I think just from that alone, there is some inkling of a chance. I don't think there's a chance at all, but because he is at home, he's going to feed off of that energy. And he's been pretty aggressive. I think what he he had a hoodie on and jumped in the ring this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of a little bit not out of character, but showed more of aggressive side of him. So yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm a huge semi fan, and like I said, I wasn't really until this bloodline um, feud or storyline that he had. Um, but I'm a huge fan of his now. Um, he's definitely his his up his star level is definitely up for me. But I just don't see him. As a champion, I think there was a report, um, and I'm not sure if it was a real report or not because you know people say all kinds of things online. But the WWE management didn't see Sami Zayn as a main eventer, um, and honestly, that's how I feel too. I just don't think that Sami is a main eventer in the way he's portrayed. Um, you know, you think he's an underdog type wrestler that maybe Brian Danielson was, but it was, but Daniel Bryan or and Brian Danielson has something about it that made you believe that he can overcome odds and win championships that Sami doesn't. I haven't seen it from him yet. Um, but definitely as an underdog, as somebody that you're rooting for, I mean, why not? Right? I mean, if he would have win, it'd be kind of one of those slip on a banana peel type of a deals. Um, but is it a shot? Sure. But what does it look like for Mania? Right? I mean, do we see a three-way? What's going on with that? Yeah, and that's why I don't think there's a shot. Like, we all knew KO didn't have a shot. But if you wanted to work yourself into a shoot, you could say, okay, this wouldn't happen. But, okay, maybe KO wins, and then there's a rematch at Elimination Chamber in KO's hometown. Roman gets mm-hmm. it back. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of can work yourself into that. But we know, no, the, the money is in keeping Roman the champ as long as possible to make when he does lose even bigger. But knowing 
this, the story trajectory of where we're at with now Roman and Cody after Monday's Raw and then kind of where they are with Sammy, you know there's not a shot. I think the environment, I think the match is going to be incredible. I think all oh, that's going to look fantastic, but we just know he's not going to win. And I don't think that report is accurate. He's main event in Elimination Chamber, right? That That's a main event spot. So, and I also don't think we would hear Triple H saying that, hey, Sammy's not a top guy when Sammy's been in, like, every main event segment with the bloodline for, like, the last four months. So, what I don't I will put say, too much though, stock in that. With that interview that Sammy did with Ariel Hawani, if I said his last mm-hmm. name right, he kind of made a mention to that as far as being, maybe not main event, but he's not, he doesn't see himself being the face of WWE. We know what that entails and what that was required to, to be the face of the company. I mean, he even mentioned that. So I wonder maybe if some of that came off of just that interview that he did. That I think it's turned into a storyline. <laughs> I mean, it certainly could, but you know, we we've seen in the past that based on storyline and fam um, reaction, storylines for many could change, right? Because Daniel Bryan. At the time, you know, he wasn't slotted to be in in the main event matches. I think twice on on at Mania, right? Because uh, yeah. you know, and fan reaction, you know, got him in that storyline. Uh, I want to say maybe even happened with Kofi, right? I don't know. Kofi Mania was something that happened organically that got us there. Um, so I mean, for, it's a lot of a lot of time between now and then. Um, who knows what's for Mania? But it's definitely interesting because like I I like that scenario because. Like, I don't like movies, TV shows where I know the ending. I know right. exactly where we're going. I like to have a little bit of surprise, a lot of intrigue. So keep me guessing. Like, you know. But you know what's interesting with thing. that, though? You know, so, like, let's kind of talk about that really quick. I'm the same way. Like, I can't watch a taped wrestling show if I know who's going to win. Same thing with sports. Like, I've never been that person where, hey, I'm a diehard football fan, but if the game is taped and I know already who won, like, there's nothing to it. Okay, but we know every inner working and plans of comebacks and all that behind the curtain for wrestling. Like, that's a slippery slope. Like, how do you weigh that? So, like, for you, like, legit question for you, E, you don't like to, you want to be surprised at times with storylines, but you find out who signed the contract, you find out who's debuting because, you you know, you know about the inner workings. Like, do you kind of try to cut it off at a certain point or do you just say like, Hey, that's the backstage and I'm going to try not to find out. But if I find out it is what it is. Uh, that's, that's mainly what it is, but I try to engulf myself in the storyline, right? Like, like it's their job to sell me on the story to make it seem that whoever the favorite or unfavorite is has a shot, right? Like the Logan Paul and Roman Reigns match, right? So we know we need to get to Mania with Roman against somebody, right? We are hoping it was Rock at the time, right? But mm-hmm. based on the storyline, that match, there was a slim chance that Logan Paul, we thought maybe could win that match, right? That's great storytelling to me. I love when it takes you on a journey to kind of give you that impression that something may happen. Um, unlike like the, the trials of Jericho type stuff that we're seeing on AEW to where we know that there's no way that Daniel Bryan and Bryan Danielson is, is losing any of these matches. <laughs> hey, you know, the funny thing is, these fart sounds, 
are so horrible for me because like I'm I'm a big kid. Like fart noises make me laugh, and I can't keep a straight face when I hear them. It's <laughs> my bad. All right, I won't hit it next time you're talking, man. <laughs> Not uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, nah, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Got that. Um, I got one more thing for Raw, and then I'll throw it to you guys. If you guys got anything. I did overall think the show was great. I think it was two weeks in a row. The show was super strong. So shout out to Triple H and his team, and of course, and, and the wrestlers for making that show really, really good. We are done with JBL and Corbin. Yes. Hit, hit the round of applause for that. It was an absolute and complete utter waste for four months. It's been that long? It's been four months. It was October 17th was when, yep, that was when he showed up to help Corbin. And at first I was like, okay, cool, because I am a huge Corbin fan. I'm like, all right, this will get him some more hill heat, even though he can talk for himself. I'm like, well, if you're bringing JBL back, there's got to be an end goal. Word came out uh, this week that JBL is done on WWE TV. So that was the end of it. But it did nothing for Corbin at all actually thought it made Corbin look even worse. So I don't know if they go to bum-ass Corbin. I don't know if they go to the lone wolf, Baron Corbin. But whatever they try to do, it did not work. So shout out to them for cutting off the head now. And then hopefully he gets a nice program heading into Mania so he gets something meaningful. But, man, like, that was that was the shits. That, that, that entire time was, was horrendous. It was like the sound effect, huh? Oh, I'll hit it again for you if you want me. No, it's even, no you know what? It's even, no, it was more like whenever they were on the yeah. TV. It was definitely that. So, shout out their, to that. Their first, um, was it backstage when they were doing poker? The very first time, I actually, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I really did like it. I guess I can't even tell a lie. <laughs> the universe is like, choke right now. Sure did. It was like, <laughs> shut up. You Shut up and choke. <laughs> wow. The first time, though, I did like it because it gave me that APA kind of nostalgia. Um, but then they just took it and ran with it. And like you said, it was just cricket. So I'm happy that, that they're broken up and hopefully Corbin can. You know, he's a great talent. So and I like him on the mic, too. So hopefully we can see something new and fresh from him or just something new from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely was an odd couple type pairing because uh, I was a big JBL fan when he became a JBL initially. Um, he was great. I, I thought he was a great heel character. Um, and then, you know, I think, you know, Baron is very, very talented as a character. Um, you know, he's very underrated in the ring. Um, but just from the onslaught, I didn't like the pairing because they didn't seem like they complement each other very well. Um, also, from a uh, from a look standpoint, um, I, I just didn't think that uh, whatever Baron Corbett's going for as far as his overall look, um, he just didn't look top notch to me. Um, just the, everything from the presentation to the pairing. It just didn't work. I don't know where this goes. I mean, it's, it, you know, JBL chewed him out on TV, and it makes you kind of want to be sympathetic towards Corbin. I'm not sure if we're getting a baby face run, which we, he's never had since that I'm aware of. No, I don't think he's ever been in the face. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. So we'll see. What, uh, what was some highlights from Raw or even SmackDown, if you guys have some from last Friday that you guys want to get into? I'm actually ready to move on to NXT, or are we not doing that? Oh, yeah. We got something. Well, you got anything, E, before we move on from uh, WWE? I just want to agree with you, Matt. Uh, This is another great show, man. Like, these shows really fly by. I had to do a two-parter, man, because your boy, I can't, like, these three-hour nights, you know, I I start watching these things at, like, 9 o'clock EST, so 
by midnight, your boy is, is almost tapped out. But these shows are really, really good from start to finish. Um, I haven't felt this good about watching the Raw in a really, really long time. Um, so I'm excited for the future. It's mania seasons in full effect. But mm-hmm. yeah, NXT is starting to hit a stride right now, right? It mm-hmm. is. Uh, I kind of thought they restored the feeling last Saturday. Watching DiJack and Wesley. Yes. You, if you watch the old black and gold, you had to think about TakeOver and what those shows and those opening matches were. Typically, it was a tag match, but you had like Undisputed Era against Alpha Academy. I mean, they had like some heavy, heavy hitters back in the day. And just watching that, I was like, man, this is what, all right, I can, I can get on board with this. I can do this. Uh, from the production was fantastic. The stage looked great. They the crowd was into it. And shout out to I think they were in North Carolina. That crowd was there all night. They were there for every single match. So you got to give kudos to them. The matches I thought were, were really good overall. Uh, but I think the match for me probably of the night was Dijak and Wesley. Like I said, that it was takeover esque for me. But I really really enjoyed the show. I didn't know if I would fully enjoy it. My biggest thing I was excited about was just to see you guys know I'm big in like production and things of that nature. I'm like, I want to see how they look outside of full sale and in front of actual legit, true paying customers and Charlotte flair's promo package. I thought was fantastic. They did an awesome job with that. Then they cut into the arena. I was already hooked and every match. I felt like really delivered except for one. But back to production, (laughs) back to production, I want to hear what you got to say about that in a second, but back to production. If on paper, someone told me that Charlotte Flair would be introducing the talent. And for those who haven't seen it, it was like a kind of like a side by side, but also like a reenactment of it. But them also coming out like if someone told me on paper, this is what we will be seeing as the intro into NXT Vengeance. I would say that is trash. Like you say, capital T, capital R A But it was done so good. Um, so I just have to have to toot their horn for that because I didn't think that anything like that could be possible again because I don't even know how they conceptually thought of that but that was wonderful and again overall the vengeance and then watching NXT this last Wednesday kind of got me hooked too um, I know it's a lot of wrestling that we watch in one week uh, but I, I was excited. You watch NXT on Wednesday? What time? What channel does that come on? It comes before Dynamite. Is that like tough enough? Is that like tough enough Fridays <laughs> yeah. back in the day? That's Sunday night heat <laughs> on Tuesday. Sorry, <laughs> but on Tuesdays, yeah. But no, I, I'm like, okay, I, I, I can probably do this. This is actually kind of cool. I'm liking it. And we'll talk about the. And big I put up thing a poll. There. I put up a poll on Twitter on Tuesday, maybe, and I said for people who did not or do not typically watch NXT on a regular basis. I want to just them to respond. And the question was, was the premium live event good enough to now keep up with NXT on a weekly basis? And 73% said yes. Wow. So it worked. I mean, ratings wise, I think ratings are down across the board this week. I think raw was down. I know AEW was down this week and NXT was down also. So they went from 587,000 viewers to, I think like 562. So Kind of still in the same area, but they did drop, you know, almost 30,000 viewers from right after, you know, the fallout for the PLE. So that's kind of interesting. But I, yeah, I did think Tuesday was, was pretty good. But yeah, I watched it. I was like, all right, I'm kind of on board. I'm, I'm kind of even sent me a text a couple of days ago like, hey, 
like, are you on board now? And I'm like, well, I'm on board for Mania season. Let's see, or stand delivered because yeah. that's their Mania show. I'm like, you know, hey, I'll make sure that I'm kind of enthralled in it, you know, on Tuesdays, and then we'll kind of see what it play, you know, how it plays out. But no, I really enjoyed uh, this show this past Tuesday too. And it was funny because I kept thinking about you watching it. E, I'm like, man. These promos aren't that bad. I get the delivery part you're talking about with some of them. It can feel a little like, ah, that's a little rough. But like overall, I really like the style and the format of that show, man. I really do. Yeah. Like one thing I like for me, promo side, like the, the work um, of the guys and gals has definitely approved from the, the first launch to where we are now. Cause it's a lot of the same talent from those, those, those starting days and like they've really come along. Um, you, you really see the progression in their ring work. Um, it's really phenomenal to see. Um, I have the same feeling as far as like the matches, because like they've been kind of getting there for quite some time as far as in the ring work. Um, the promos, eh, I mean, they're working on it. They're getting better, you know, and you see the progression being made week to week. Um, so Sean's doing a, a great job down there at NXT. So I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. What uh what were your guys' matches tonight for uh the pay-per-view? You already mentioned it, though, um, Wesley and Dijak. I've always been a Dijak fan, um, so I love seeing him. And then just how the chemistry between the two of them, you wouldn't have expected Dijak being that larger of a of a size of a man compared to Wesley. Mm-hmm. Um, but the matches flowed so beautifully. And then this is my first time really getting to know Wesley, and they even did a pretty awesome video package for him, too. Yeah, he wrestles with some passion. And, and again, you feel that it's authentic and it comes through across the screen. And like you mentioned, this is the first time for some of them that they've actually wrestled in front of a lot of people that was outside of the full cell university. I think that's what it's called. Um, and so that usually adds a certain level of maybe nerves in how can they, you know, step up into that moment. And I was really impressed by Wesley and Dijak. So that is my match of the night. Okay. Yeah, I agree. That was probably one of the better matches. Um, I w- I thought my match tonight would be Apollo and uh, Melo, mm-hmm. um, but I did like Dijak and Wesley. Mm-hmm. And, and going back to Wesley, like um, like when he was with uh, gosh, you know, I want to say the Rascals. That was their impact man. Name. What was their name uh, as a tag team? No, it was the Rascals, right? Because they no, were. Oh, the you oh, oh, you're talking about NXT him and it was and Nash Carter. Uh, their names, it's escaping me. Wow, I but, cannot believe I forgot their names. I'm, I'm going to look yeah, it up. Yeah, I was, was going to say it, high it, it just escaped me. Who is but, high um, I thought he was going to get lost in the shuffle um, when his tag team partner got released. Um, but to see him as the champion and, you know, in ring, he's looking great like a, uh, as, a, as a singles wrestler. I want to see him keep progressing on the microphone. I, he's getting better every week. Um, he's becoming, uh, he sounds more and more natural. He's becoming more and more articulate. Um, and I think that's the next thing I want to see him um, get better is just continuing to get better on the mic because, you know, once he gets to the main roster, he has athleticism. He can wrestle right now. If he can, you know, give us a character that we can believe in, man, sky's limits for that guy. The name is three initials. Yeah, like I didn't even remember that that was the same guy. Yep, and so. Zachary Wentz being his tag team partner. I, wow, wow. Do you remember now that I told so you three wrestling. initials? Nope. Yeah. MSK. Yep. MSK. That's yep. right. Yep. We well, never knew what that would admit. But now I got to look at who was high voltage. 
Why did I think high voltage? High voltage, bro. That's from the 90s, fam. Man, like. <laughs> that was Kenny Chaos in, uh, Kenny Chaos in, uh. Was that, was that in WWE? Nah, that was, uh, WCW. They were like a jobber team. High voltage. High voltage was a tag team in World Championship Wrestling between 96 mm-hmm. and 98. The team consisted of Robbie Rage and Kenny Chaos. That is insane. Chaos, that I, that is. Why am I thinking about high voltage? What the hell is that? How do I still remember this stuff? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but but we, we couldn't remember MSK. Like, right, right. Remember? of course. <laughs> of course. Um, it was something else. Oh, and I say it every chance I get. Roxanne Perez, she is, she is the future of the women's division. Every single time, I'm just like so impressed with her. And for her only being 21, it's like, wow. You that are was my second awesome. favorite match of the night. Yep. Um. All right. <laughs> I know. Kind of said going. it after the show. Said it after the show. Maybe about time. Oh, I don't know. Oh, you better say something bad. Maybe time. <laughs> oh wait, can before you go to the bad, can we talk about something good still on NXT? Or, hey, absolutely. Or talk talk okay. about it, whatever you want to talk about. Okay. I'll be here. I'll be here all okay. night. So on Wednesday night NXT, <laughs> when we had the stump stump out by JCJ, James <laughs> onto Gigi. <laughs> you talk about a little stiff. My that was God, a lot I'd, stiff. I'd have got up and hit her for real. Like, man, like, sorry, that was too much. <laughs> man, so I was trying to watch that last night, and I still, I still fell asleep. <laughs> I still can't. I, I saw the highlight. I saw Dude, what happened, but I was trying to see the whole sick. segment. I say I missed it. I would have hit with her. I would have hit her with a bat if she kicked me that hard. I would have got right back up in yeah, those, those boots is thick too. I'm like, so boy, it, like right. The, the like, boot whoo. is thick, and that door is thick too. <laughs> her head had nowhere to go. I'm like, nowhere. oh my god. She instantly hey, Gigi took it too. bruised up. Instantly bruised up. Yep. Yeah, All right, Gigi now you can go. Too. Hey, no, real quick, we we'll, we'll put it aside. So, hey, Matt. So you also. Really uh, enjoyed like uh, Chase U, right? Yeah, so of course I've seen their work uh, previously, just here or there, like turning to NXT, and I thought it was cool. But man, to see that entire crowd do his chant, I was floored. And I, I asked, like, legit, hey, is this normal? And everybody responded to me on Twitter, like, yep, yep, they're my favorite act. Man, they are awesome and they're incredible. So shout out to to them for being able to get that type of response and reaction outside of the PC. I went old school and said full sale PC uh, well, on Saturday, but man, <laughs> yeah, that was like, Whoa, I did not expect that at all. Yeah. Cause um, I didn't, I haven't mentioned them, but they are one of the few acts I thought from a character standpoint and from a promo, mm-hmm. they're like ahead to me, like, um, like Andre chase, like he comes off very believable in his role. Uh, the girl, I can't, I can't think of her name. Actually, she, she, she's, he plays. She plays her role really good. Uh, the yeah. guy Duke is a replacement for his uh, other guy. I think his name is Brody. He got released. Um, but like the whole dynamic is is very. They're very engaging as a as a unit. Um, as far as a, a team that can maybe go up to that's 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 main roster ready right now mm-hmm. from a character standpoint, I would say is them. But something about them this screams jobber to me. I, I think it's Chase. Uh, Andre with the whole outfit and Duke with the sweater vest is this? It's it looks like Mean Street Posse for me. I, like, but I do like them, but I don't know why I like them. So I haven't mentioned them. But from a character standpoint, I think they're leaps and bounds ahead of most of the roster. And it's so cool too, man. Like, 
So Andre Chase, I remember him on the Indies. I remember going to see Evolve shows and watching him and thinking to myself, like, he's really, really good, but he's never probably going to be at this time, there was no AEW. It was either like WWE or that was it. Yeah, Impact's always been there, but we know they were, they're a distant, now three, they were a distant two back in the day. And I just remember watching his work and like, man, he's really good, but his look, there's no way he's going to get a look in WWE. So I am super happy and proud of him to be able to kind of do what he's doing right now with that look. Even on the Indies, he kind of had the professor type, you know, came in with the khakis and, you know, button up shirt, kind of doing that whole thing. So to see him now turn that into something that is over like Rover and NXT, like that is super, super cool. For sure. So what's what's the what's the bad news here? <sighs> so we get to the main event on NXT, and I'm like, all right. I was not impressed, Brian, with you and Apollo last premium live event. Let's see what you can do in the steel cage. And I know steel cage matches, of course, can be restrictive because you're working with the cage. I think that was the worst match of the night. Oh, my God. I mean, but to be fair, it was other good matches. <laughs> but I get your point. Your I main event. I get your sentiment. Yes, with for the sure. NXT champion yeah. cannot be the worst match of the night. And I didn't think the match was horrendous. But... I didn't think there was any type of thought that he was going to lose it. For me, it was no false finishes or anything like that. And when he was on offense, it felt like it was just there. And I'm watching, and I'm probably going to go back and watch that match, but I can't put my finger on it. He's missing something. And I feel like he's missing something that's pretty significant. It's not the it factor. You can see him and you know who he is. I don't know, but I, I'm not, I, I said, we talked about this a couple months ago, probably a few months ago now. And I said, Braun Breaker is probably the next guy, right? Typically how it works, of course, in WWE is they groom somebody to be that next one guy. We just look at, you know, eras, Hogan era. Then you had the Austin era. Then you had the Cena era. Now we're in the, I'm sorry, not yet. Now we're in the Roman era. So like, who's that next guy that's going to take the WWE into, you know, the next 10, 15 years. And you look at it and say, well, the grooming Braun Breaker. It should be him. But every time I watch him in the ring, if I if take take away his his look. Take away his look and how he looks and just take him when you're watching the matches. What's impressive about him? I don't know if there is anything. And I know that like, that probably sounds a, like a little rough. But I just look at, like, he's okay. He's okay. And in the, in the spot they have you in, we know it's going to be him and Melo at Stand Deliver. I don't know if Melo's going to – I'm going to assume he's going to win it. You know, like, I think that's a great part of Melo's story. I think Melo is leaps and bounds farther along than Braun Breaker. And I just I think, think that's an issue. I believe Braun is just a victim of, I don't want to say complacency because I don't think it's on his part. I just think that he's been in the um, main light, main event status for just a little too long. Um, I know we, you and I, Matt, had this conversation as far as 
maybe it's the talent that's down at NXT, why I don't feel like he's actually showing more in the ring. But you made a good point. Well, no, when Apollo come down and he, again, at the last PLE, it should have been like, oh, wow, okay, no, this is great. And it wasn't. So, because again, you wrestle up to your competition. I just think that he's just been that main event spot for too long and it's now became stale. And to me, it's just stale. I don't know what he could do right now to make him better. That's why I think hopefully he he does leave and go into maybe like the Andre the Giant um, over the top rope battle royal at, at Mania just to get him out of NXT. He needs to go out of NXT. I still love him. I, I still think that he's going to be possibly that next face of the WWE. Um, but you get somebody like Carmelo, man, he's just so passionate. And he has that, that je ne sais quoi, that, that swag about him, you know, that you feel and you have that attachment to him. I, I just don't think that we're attached to Braun. Yeah, I know you, you know, you're Rick's son, but we don't have that, uh, that engagement and that attachment to him as a character. I think that Besides also Besides barking yeah. during his promos or during his match where the crowd barks at him. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Just get him out of there, bring him on up, and then repackage him. Or or just, just do something different. Or just bring him out of NXT. Bring him up. Yeah, very interesting. I didn't feel that strongly about the match either way. I didn't think it was a great match. I didn't think it was a bad match either. And I didn't think it was a, a, a bad night for him, to be quite honest with you. But at the same time, though, I think it's time for him to move up. Uh, I think his ring work will, will be fine. I think he'll get better as he works with higher caliber wrestlers. Um, you know, I, I just remember back in the day, like, you know, you think about, because I've been wrestling fan for a long time, and there was a lot of big stars, and their matches were just there. You know, like, I, it, he has it. He has a presence. Um, I think he can only get better the more talent he works with. As far as Melo, like he should be ahead because I think Melo has been wrestling much longer than uh than than Brian because I think Brian I think he he's a he's a performance center baby uh, this, mm-hmm. that's his first go right and so to be where he I think he's just oh, a couple years into the business we're talking about like you no know, Jade and a lot of those people they've been uh, I think he's been in the business just as long or less than she has right so I think he's got to give him continue to give him time. Um, whereas Melo's been around for quite some time, and for me, I think Melo, he 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 needs a little some extra. I think he's the one who needs a little some extra, and I think that Trick is providing that for him. Cause I think Trick adds so much personality to that mix. Man, uh, we they, are, talk, they are so good together. Like you know, like when when Trick was <laughs> was praying <laughs> on the chair, so like just his antics outside, like they 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 mix with each other. But I think that uh, I like to see. Melo, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's from a, I don't want to say it's from a promo perspective, but it's definitely a little, he needs a little bit more of an edge. I think he needs to, I think he's portraying something mm-hmm. instead of actually being something. Because um, he has all the tools. Um, no, more so Melo. Mello. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah I think he's it. portraying something versus being something. I think um, Brian, going back to him, like, uh, I think he'll get better. I think he's still honestly figuring out who he is because he's using a little bit of a uh, Rick. He's using a little bit of Scott. Um, you know, he's he's doing a great job emulating those two. But I didn't feel strongly strongly either way about it. To be honest, okay. With you. Yeah, I mean, I could just be in the minority. I mean, he's fundamentally strong. That's why I said it's nothing about his work per se. He's not dangerous. You know, he doesn't. He's not a two set move type guy. He's just when I, when I watch him, I'm like, 
man, besides his great look, he, you know, he's athletic, but I'm just like, Ooh, I don't know why I should care about him. And he hasn't really given me that yet. So we'll see. We'll definitely see, but I think it's time. It, it, I think he's done what he has done with that title belt. And yeah, it's, he's it's kind done of with time NXT. to move on. It's already beyond him. Yeah. He needs to go. Cause I think he still have that potential to be that face. Okay. Anything else off of NXT before we move over to giving AEW some well-deserved flowers? I'm good. So it's been about six weeks now of great shows. And we kind of talk about AEW every week. We'll say great show and then we'll kind of nitpick. And there's probably a couple of things that I'll bring up on this show. I'm, I, I cannot wait to get Ishan's reaction to the main event last night that I think absolutely worked the way they wanted it to by looking at some of the reaction on social media, but another fantastic show. And I thought last night was one of their best shows ever. It had everything that you would want from a wrestling show that the shows are just so much fun. You know, like if you don't sit back and just nitpick every little thing, and there's a lot we could nitpick about same thing with WWE. But if you just sit down and say, Hey, I want to watch something to be entertained for two hours. I think it's really hard not to be entertained with a dynamite show. And last night was just off the charts. Good. In my opinion, that tag team title match, I even tweeted out before the match when they, when they went to that as a main event, I'm like, okay, if we get a big angle here or a title change, I think this is going to be one of the best shows, you know, in history. And I thought it was going to be a title change. Cause why would you put that match in the main event or Billy Gunn was going to turn and something big came out of it. Billy is still scissoring, but the ass boys are now tag champs. So congrats to, the gun club for winning the AEW tag team title. I thought it worked. I thought it was great. I'm going to throw it to you two. Did you like the finish and why or why not? So leading up, I, I think maybe I had this conversation with you, Matt. I don't know if I did with you, Ishan. A couple weeks ago when they had that um, therapy session that they showed on um, TV, I almost had my fandom of the Scissor Me boys more like, tainted at that point it was like they were became the name? bad guy the scissor me boy guys who's who's that the claimed <laughs> the scissor me boys the you really are trying to get this only fans on and popping aren't you <laughs> trying to so look so so listen so listen so at in that therapy i'm like the fly on the wall in their therapy session and and it it kind of switched my my fandom of the claim was like okay well maybe i need to put my energy over here to the to the gun club because they're like, you stole my daddy. You stole our daddy. It's like just the way that that whole presentation of that um, interview or whatever you want to call it, video package, I actually became more, um, I had empathized more for the gun club. So leading up to last night when, again, they got the main event spot, even after the trios match um, that they had announced, I'm like, okay, so like you said, something big had to happen. I'm like, they're going to win, meaning that the um, Ass Boys the gun club was going to win. So I'm happy. I liked it. I thought it felt right. I thought it felt natural and right but i okay. think i might be in the minority on that well you're not in the minority because i thought it was good take it away Ishan. uh so you know i'm a big claims fan like i've been talking about the claim for a while you know i i, I thought they were in the top 10 tag teams of the year you guys thought opposite no you no, you no, you were like top three don't do that okay you you, you yeah, had them over the usos almost <laughs> sure did oh god <laughs> he put usos them over everybody number, usos are number one <laughs> Uso is number one. 
Go back and um, listen to that episode. Episode you guys three-ish. Shit like three-ish. Episode yep. three-ish. Please <laughs> do. These these guys, I don't know what they was on during that thing. But uh yeah. Um and I, I like the I like the ass boys. I, I like the nickname. I I like I like them. I, I love I love their gear. Um from the moment they debuted like the Shawn Michaels 90s themed gear, I thought it was great. They came out on the show. Cause like and, and I love how like so you look at them. Um I think Colton had on the Shawn Michaels like top. And then Austin had on the chaps, right? So they kind of both had on a piece of the gear. I thought that looked phenomenal. I think for me, I thought the gear looked phenomenal. Um, I really enjoy them. I just, I don't think that they did a good job of building them up as a legit title champions. Like they don't, like there's, they don't, they don't seem threatening. Like I, like I think of other teams. Like I feel like they can lose to anybody, and. Not in a good way, because sometimes you want to have vulnerable champions. They just mm-hmm. didn't build build them up as credible contenders or build them up as credible champions, in my opinion. Like, so I that's why I was just surprised. I like the team. I just don't think they've done a good job of building that team up to make them seem like they are serious champions to me. Valid um, contenders. Yeah, they, it's they just you know like I feel like they like they can lose any moment. Like right, um, as far as the. The interview segment from the previous week, um, I totally agree with you, Rhodesia. Um, they seem more sympathetic. Um, yeah. that segment I thought, the, second, I thought the they were going to do a double turn. You would, because that's, like, that's where they were going, yeah, right? I did. I, I, and for a split second, I'm like, is this like a double turn? Because how can you boo somebody who said, right. my dad wasn't <laughs> there for me? Yeah. 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 And then the claim was they, their replies were so asshole-like, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's your fault that like, you lost your daddy. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> but he, but to, honestly, to me, I feel like that's just bad, more bad storytelling on their part because after that, the ass boys are back acting like heels, and you know the claim are back acting like baby faces. So like, I feel like they just, you know, that company has an identity crisis as far as how they present their characters. Um, I wasn't opposed to it. It's just I, I didn't think it was that great. To be honest with you, like just for those very reasons, I don't think they did a, a good job of building that team. To make you think they're credible champions or contenders, um, I don't think they've done a great job with the overall story. I think they again they're confusing the audience again. Like you know, when I got somebody watching AEW for the first time, I think it would be hard for them to tell who they're supposed to root for by watching those couple of different segments. And I think that's a miss right there. Um, I think the only win is that you got two entertaining cha- uh, champions. I mean, uh, tag teams. I think the acclaim super entertaining, top tag team in the business. I think the guns are super underrated. Um, I just didn't think they were ready for a championship. But, hey, I'm looking forward to see where it goes. You know, and I, that's why I said I think it worked. There was an uproar on social media last night. And look at the crowd. The crowd shots were oh, fantastic. Yes. And, hey, <laughs> I was on here on my soapbox last week screaming to AEW, please slow down. Unfortunately, we had an injury last night with Bunny, so hopefully she's good. I don't think we've heard yet from her in her match uh, with Jamie last night where they had to go to the finish early. So they had about two minutes left at the end of the show that was not accounted for. And you let that moment breathe. We got the shots of the crowd in disbelief. We got the shots of acclaimed stun selling in the ring and then Billy Gunn helping them up. And we get the shot of them walking away with the titles, the gun club. That's all I asked for. Um, no, we, I don't want somebody to get injured to get it. But everything does not have to end at 9.59 and 50 seconds Eastern time every single week. Let these things breathe so we can 
you know, actually take in what we just saw. And I thought we had that last night, but I go on social media and there were so many people who were upset and I'm like, it worked because now you go rematch just that kind of what he kind of talked about in terms of they're not ready. Why would you take the belts off of uh, the acclaim? They're hot as fish grease. Like, what are we doing here? But I think it worked because if you're able to play hot potato with the TNT title and that's okay because the matches are good. What's the difference with this? You got revolution coming up here in a few weeks. There was no major tag team storyline. We have one now. Mm-hmm. Either you go rematch and you put the belts back on the acclaim or you bring FTR back. They still have a beef with the gun club and maybe mm-hmm. FTR gets the belts. But now there is something, there's some sizzle behind the tag team division that was not there 24, 48 hours ago. So I thought it worked. I, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I also thought that MJF and Takeshita humped last night. That match was two thumbs up. You know, whatever you, know, you want to say with that. I'm very critical, as you know, um, and for the people who are listening, I'm very critical of MJF's wrestling in ring work. Um, he hmm. kind of made me eat my words like yes, last night. Like him and Takeshita, and again, you get someone like Takeshita who is, I feel, is just so so fundamentally sound. And he's still learning. Um, you would think that he's been wrestling in the United States for years. Um, just how him and MJF put on last night. But yeah, MJF made me eat my words in the first part of the night. We're going to talk about his interview backstage in a second. But his match itself, wow. You, you don't like MJF's ring work? Uh, no, I don't. Hmm. But I guess he has. Because she's a hater. She's a hater. That's why. That's the only reason why. He doesn't have any holes in his game. So if you were to ask her, like, hey, break down to me. What don't you like about Prodigious? And be like, uh, I just don't like the way he, he wrestles. I'm not well, I don't him. sound like that, for starters. So make sure my voice sounds <laughs> And she's going to start coughing again because the universe is trying to tell her to be quiet. <laughs> that was so messed um, up. Like, but no, I'll tell you what, though. Takeshita, man, they got a star there. Treat him as such. Yeah. I don't, I don't yep. want to see him in any more meaningful matches where he's not winning. Right. Treat him right because yeah. they they have something special with him. But uh but yeah, I, I thought that match was really, really good. What else did I think? Um So I know y'all so, talked about this already too. I don't mean to cut you mm-hmm. off there, but um y'all were talking about y'all being more of each talking about knowing the end game and I don't really care for the story if I already know the end game. But man, that Brian Danielson and Roosh match. Ooh. Oh my God. But that's how I felt after all his matches he's had in this lead up to, to MJF. But la- last night, Dynamites between Roosh and Brian Ooh. Danielson, that was epic. And you know, when I went on the Twitter for a little bit, trying to navigate it, that's all you kind of saw was match of the year, match of the year, match of the year. Like, it was wonderful. So for me to already know that we're going to see Daniel Bryan and MJF, I already kind of am having high standards and for them to still show out. Oh man. Like that makes me feel even better about it. That match was, <laughs> they killed it. They did. I, I still had to catch an MJF is my favorite match of the night, I think, but that was, that was one of the more violent matches we've seen on like TV in a and long he was time. Gushing. He was gushing out. 
yeah, like they they then they went for it. That that was, and once again, we talked about it every single week. Brian's gonna find a way to have a different style of match mm-hmm. with his opponent, and that one I thought was fantastic. So now we do know it is gonna be the sixty man or sixty man, sheesh, sixty minute uh, Iron Man match at the pay per view with Brian against MJF. But um, Ishan, I know you saw that match, right? You watched all the Dynamite, didn't you? I did. What did, what was your thoughts about the match? You know, I've been laying out on this one because I honestly didn't like the show nearly as much as you guys did. Wow. I, I would say I would say I would give the show a seven. I gave last week a seven. I mean, it's good. I gotta be honest with you. So, like after after watching, you know, SmackDown, and then I, I watched NXT, PLE, then I watched Raw, and then I watched a little bit of NXT. Um, I get kind of my feel of wrestling because, like, for me, I'm a character. I get I'm a character driven. Like. I'm not, I don't like just matches. So like, you but know, you like do. Just, I am going to stop no, you right no, no. there and I'm going to let you finish. But you do. For the longest, you used to tell me every single week, man, it's wrestling. I can just watch wrestling. I, I can just watch the matches. I used to tell you, if I'm not emotionally invested, I don't care. You're like, man, I just like watching wrestling. So that no, 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 is that's, fundamentally that's, that's, incorrect, sir. That's, that's true. A seven isn't a bad score to me. Like a seven is enter- it's entertaining. I, I like watching wrestling. Like for instance, like, I have a hard time watching Impact. I keep giving Impact a chance at the chance. I just it's that's not a seven to me. I, it's not entertaining to me. I think AEW are perfectly entertaining shows. Okay. It's just that I have a value on character and storyline, and I get that feel well before I get to AEW. And so to sit back and watch these matches, a, a Roosh and a Brian Danielson match, and I know at the end that Roosh has no chance of winning, no matter what he does. I, I'm not engaged in any of the false finishes. Right, so when I'm watching wrestling, and it's just wrestling. It's still an element of a little bit of surprise. I, I, I have an inkling of who's going to win, and who probably will win and won't win, but I don't know for sure. Right? It's not. It might be that five percent chance, that two percent. Like when I, when I watch that match, I know it's a hundred percent chance that Roosh is taking is taking that pin. I know, I know he's going to tap out. I know it's going to be one, two, three. I, it's just a matter of how. Right? So I'm not fully engaged in specifically anything that happens in the match because it's like I already know. You know, so it's, like, it's, like, the, it's like it's like it's like why. Cause could it be because you are going into it not caring that that's the reason why you can't appreciate exactly the what great it is. match? Yeah, it's exactly okay. what it is. Um, and you know, and and then it's like uh, it's just I don't get a hundred percent what I need from the story aspect. Like it's just a lot of if you if you just want to watch you know great matches, that's what you're gonna watch on AEW. There's nothing wrong with that, but for me, that's not gonna make it a a level ten for me if it's just good matches especially when I'm getting kind of what I want from other shows. In the past, I wasn't. Like, right, I, I didn't like WWE programming. I couldn't stand to watch it, right? So I had to get everything I needed from AEW. Um, now, I mean, I'm getting kind of more of the style of wrestling I want from other shows. It's kind of hard for me to sit and say that these shows are like tens. It's entertaining. If you like good wrestling, watch AEW. I highly recommend anybody to watch it. It's just for me, I can't sit and gush over these shows when it's, I know it's just good wrestling, there's going to be holes in their storylines. It's going to be inconsistent storytelling. It's just hard for me to sit there and, and say that these are some of the best shows I've ever seen when it's just not there for me. So that's funny, Ben. Then you have completely done a 180 on this because I remember when Triple H took over Head of Creative, I sent you a text and said, AEW may have some issues on their hands. And you were like, you really think so? And I kind of actually articulated just what you are saying right now but now you are, you've turned to that fan. I said, if Triple H gives us 
as a wrestling community what we want from WWE in terms of stories. They're going to have the better production. We already know that. They're going to have the smoother, all, you know, whatever you want to kind of say in terms of you know, star power and all that. You're going to get that from WWE. But if Triple H can get the talent on board, we're coming to the company and they can get everything else that we're looking for. That is who AEW is going after. That was their fan base. So just to hear you kind of say that now, but I still want to call a little bit of BS because if that was the case, you would have hated Roman versus KO at the Rumble, which you said that match was great. You would not be looking forward to Sammy and Roman. And you just said earlier in the show, like, I'm going to let it play out to see kind of why they they take us on. But you know, Sammy has 0% chance of winning next Saturday on on the pay-per-view. See, I'm not going to give him a zero, though. I'm not going to give him a zero. I'm, I'm going to give him it's a five. Hey, that little, I'll hang on to those little percents. That's how, that's how wrestling is. If you think about it, if you watch any wrestling, for the most part, you, you could kind of predict who's going to win and lose, especially if you've been watching wrestling for as long as we have. We kind of, mm-hmm. you, you, you kind of know. You kind of know, right? But it's that chance that you're wrong, right? And that's, that's, that's everything, especially if the story kind of at least gives you that, that that suspension of disbelief that kind of gives you that kind of that kind of that kind of uh thinking in the back of your mm-hmm. head like hey you know what he maybe he can lose this one maybe 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 he maybe he can't win right but you know with these trials of jericho matches that we these recycled stories we've been getting you know every 90 days with aw to where someone has to win eight matches before they get the the match they want and you know at but- the end who's what's going to happen like but it's no the, zero chance. The 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 gauntlet match or whatever it was, um, Garcia lost. Well, not Garcia. I'm sorry. Um, Ricky Starks lost, and I didn't think that. So we got a surprise. And even with the um, Brian Danielson and Roosh, I thought it was going to be a countout when they barricaded very, that very door. Very valid point. But you know, here's the deal. <laughs> here's the honest goodness truth. I love Ricky, but I don't care about this storyline. Yes. It's 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 I Jericho. Know. I think that it's just too much. You think? Of it. It's too much. It's no. too much of it. Because it, it does like we why why does he have to go through it does whatever yeah. we, he already beat him and that's that's yeah. that's hard for me to talk about and I, I love yeah. Ricky yeah. we talked about that um last thing I had was I just want to give kudos to Ar Fox so happy to be able to see him shine on a national mm-hmm. level and that six man they humped in that one too I mean. Yep. I know he said he just can't watch matches for matches. I am that person that can't really watch matches for matches also. But that show I thought was really, really strong. Even that six-man, we knew that top flight Air Fox wasn't going to win. But it was a really close false finish with AR and, and Omega right in the middle with a reverse yeah. from the one-wing angle, just, one-wing angel that I thought was just awesome. That match was, was fantastic as well. And cool. I actually like that. That's my match tonight. Yeah, kudos okay. to the rest of the guys, the other five who who gave Ar his shining moment. Like he he, he had a great showing last night. He did on Dynamite. I was really happy about that. And Kenny's been good about that too. Um, he'll he'll put somebody over. Um, but yeah, I was I really like that trios match. Yeah, absolutely. My only my only uh, negative is we got to pull back a little bit on the blood. And now it's becoming. It, it's, it's not even a, a thing anymore where you're like, oh, man, he got busted open. Now it's just it's becoming par for the course. And I love blood in wrestling when it makes sense. I don't think you should have a cage match without blood. I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> even watching Grayson Waller and Braun, I'm just like, man, this match would be so much better if we had some blood. But it's 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 a lot. 
it, it's a it's a lot. Like so, I, I wish maybe they would maybe have a mandate of I don't even, I don't even want to see it weekly, but when we do see it, I wish it was reserved for like one match on the card, and it made sense for it. Like I don't need to yeah. see you busted open just from a like a I don't know, but it's 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 a lot. It's just now you're we're desensitized to it, so yeah. it, it doesn't have the same effect yeah. and unless see, you're gushing. Why- and that's why in the the the, the Roosh and, and, and Damson match, I'm like, okay, like everybody get everybody getting busted open up in that mug. He like, was gushing too, though. Yeah, it's, that thing it's, was. It's Ooh. like I said, like I don't say, like it's still a good show. Like I said, for me, like a seven is still a good show. It's still entertaining. I'm still gonna keep watching. You know, every week it's just that man, like. But you know, a shots to Ar Fox though, man. He looked damn good. They yep. gave him. They let him shine in there, right? Mm-hmm. It, I hope she gets some new uh, ring gear, man. I, I don't know why all three of them have to have that. Man, he's <laughs> been rocking like that. He's been rocking that forever. That beats oh, he probably been wearing that. Let that man be. And then Top Gun had to wear it too. I mean, goodness. There you go again. Tom Cruise was not on Dynamite <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> man. All right? He was not on Dynamite. I think he was watching NXT on Wednesdays too. To see. <laughs> that is ridiculous, man. Both of y'all, we got to go. We got to get out of here. Um, Both of y'all. So, Super Bowl, we're not doing any bets because we know somebody's not going to play along. Okay, but I do want to get you guys a Super Bowl picks for this Sunday. We got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Radija, I'll start with you. Who you got winning? I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. But but I say one thing. I am so happy we have two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. I have to say that. Black History Month. Like history month. One one of the old ex NFL players came out last week and said the NFL is rigged and they get scripts at the beginning of uh, (laughs) each season and they work on the scripts in uh, the practices throughout the week. So if you want to believe that, then that is why we have two black quarterbacks because it is Black History Month and somebody also leaked the script for the Super Bowl and they have Philadelphia Eagles winning. Wow. I'm still going with Patrick Mahomes. If I place the bet, it's probably going to be for the Chiefs to win. CTE is a mofo, mad. boy. Mm-hmm. All right, so you oh, got the Chiefs. Two black quarterbacks. That's awesome. I'm going to actually watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Who are you going uh, with? You going to the Cowboys? Who's the favorites? <laughs> you go. <laughs> Man, it's, it's almost like a pick em. Yeah. Um, The Eagles were like a point and a half favorite at the beginning because Mahomes was out hurt or he was he hurt his ankle, had a high ankle sprain. He's going to play 100%. They do have some injuries, but as of right now, the line is still one and a half for the Eagles. For, for the Eagles, okay. And they're in Arizona, right? Yep. That's closer to Kansas City. I'm What's your record against Kansas City? They have not played because they're in different divisions. So. Okay. Uh, but I'm Philly was the... Okay, so then you go in Philly. You go in Philly Eagles. Remember, last time you were trying to go to Philly twice, so just keep it going. Three times a time. You went Dallas a few times too, and yeah, <laughs> you went Jacksonville. Kiss up Tony Khan, but you just talked about how he Tony not like come on show our show. Anymore. He's Tony, not coming on, on after you went on. Right, exactly. That ridiculous. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not. I'm telling everybody to watch it, but I just can't watch it. Everybody watch AEW. <laughs> Tony, come on our show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going with um. The Chiefs. I, I do not go against Mahomes until he loses. So I am going Chiefs. So I got the Chiefs. Radija has the Chiefs. Eshan is going with the Eagles. So well, we should be a win. fun game. Yep, should be a fun game 
on Sunday. Hopefully you guys all have your Super Bowl plans and you guys have a good time. All right, TFW moment of the week. Rhodesia, hit that jingle. TFW moment of the week. Boom. So mine is going to be me acknowledging Paul Heyman on Twitter and then Paul Heyman acknowledging me back on Twitter. So it had to do with, of course, the promo segment from Monday. I was having correspondence with somebody, and he basically just said, hey, I didn't think I would be invested. They got me in. Like, kudos to them. And my response, and I added Paul Heyman. I said, uh, Heyman is unreal with what he can do with one, just one promo. Every year that goes by, he cements his legacy more and more with being the best talker in the history of the business. Paul Heyman then retweeted that and stated, do you think Roman Reigns would have anyone less than the absolute undisputed goat as his wise man? Hashtag we the ones. So wanted to give, of course, Heyman flowers. I'm glad he saw that, but we talked about it earlier. That man is nothing that he cannot do verbally. He can get you to laugh. He can get you to be mad. He can get you to be emotional. It was we talked about it earlier, but I just thought that was just a fantastic piece of business. So that is my TFW moment of the week. Rhodesia, what is yours? And you skip past. I'm sure I know yours. And I was waiting for you to bring it up earlier. I guess you're just waiting to use it all right now. But your TFW moment of the week. Mine's is a toss. Up. Well, mine's I have one. It's me being able to see Lita again in the ring. Well, at, you know, ringside. Um, I was able to see Lita. Um, I was kind of half asleep, so I was pulling the Ishan, and then I heard, dum, 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 and I'm like, whoa, whoa, oh, oh my God, oh, wait, hold on, wait, that's Lita. So being able to see did, Lita. Did you hear that, or did I wake you up? I don't know, actually. So I just remember as my eyes was opening up, I was like, wait, hold on, what's happening right now? Like, what's going on? And being able to see her come back again. My favorite wrestler. Um, I want to tell this one quick story, but before I tell that quick story, I have to mention, I believe it was this last week, um, Beth Phoenix, um, I forgot what you call it, like the the arm bar on Dominic up in the air. I don't even know what you call it. It's like usually you drop in, it's like a, a boob buster or a face buster, but the move that she put on him, it was like an iconic picture that was taken. Glam slam. Glam yep. slam. There we go. Thank you. Amazing. But um, being able to see Lita, she is my favorite wrestler. Um, we back in, I think it was 2013 at WrestleMania, um, we were at fan access and we were standing in line for the wrestlers. And when it was our turn in line, the people that was there, they ended and then they left. I'm like, Oh shoot. We're not even going to go see them. Oh, that sucks. Like really bad. I started getting all whiny. And then all of a sudden Lita shows up. She wasn't even advertised to be one of the people that was there. And we were the first one to be able to see her. And of course, I was just like shocked as all get out. But my goodness, I, I love Lita and being able to see her still looking as good as she is in her red hair. You know, she was that sexy tomboy. And, you know, to me, coming up when I first got into wrestling myself in 98, 99, I saw that. And no, she wasn't a black woman, but she was like this tomboy. And I kind of identified like that when I was younger. And it was really good to, you know, to have someone that I could follow throughout her career. And seeing her, you know, show back up, I was really happy. And I was excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and also, shouts out to 2K and uh, WWE 2K23. Lita and the Glamazon will be featured <laughs> in that on Good stuff. I'm gonna get back into um, so, to playing that so I can play against you, Ishan. You should absolutely. We can do like some uh, intergender tag matches. Um, War games. War games. So my moment 
of the week is simply Bianca Belair in her outfit. <laughs> Explain, please. I cannot. Uh, if if you saw it, this. if you saw it, you don't need to explain it. I think if we all you saw know. it. If you know, you know. Yep, just go back and watch when she comes out to put over all the other women. There's a fantastic cram- camera shot of Bianca in the aisleway. Why do I do this? What a way to end episode 20 of the TFW podcast. We talked about it earlier. Full episodes are on YouTube. Check us out over there at That's Freaking Wrestling. We are on Twitter. If you are not following us by now, I don't know what you are waiting for. At That's FNW. Hit us up over there. And as we always say, please follow the podcast. Leave us five-star review and a comment that does help us in the rankings on all of the podcast platforms. Once again, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you next week.